0: Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM. This is week 2 of our deep dive into Dragon Quest 4. I'm Austin and I'm Deep Dive Beach. What? Uh, oh my gosh, just right from the get-go. Oh man.
1: <laughs> I got you.
0: This week, Deep Dive Beach and I are talking about all the playable characters and companions you get in the game. Uh, right. so to kind of to kind of just explain that to people, I noticed that the, the Brady Games uh, official strategy guide, it has that distinction between characters being like the main characters, you know, the playable characters that are in your party. Whereas companions are the ones that join your party either briefly or for a good chunk of the game, but they're not necessarily like the, the main core party members, right? Right. So in case... Anyone out there is wondering how we made that distinction. That's why what we defined as a character versus what we defined as a companion. So I should also give everybody that nice big warning that there are going to be a lot of spoilers ahead, like tons of spoilers ahead in this episode.
1: And this was one of those parts, like, I, like I've like i said before, I'm not the biggest fan of this game in comparison to the other Dragon Quest games, but the companion system that they had in this, I loved. I really liked how they did that, and I kind of wish they would do it more in other games. Uh, first of all, though, there is some
0: Dragon Quest news that I wanted to mention, because Final Fantasy XIV... They're doing that Dragon Quest Ten event that we have talked about on on this show. Yay! Uh, they're they're redoing it again on July second, which was Thursday. Uh, so if you are listening to this brand new, I guess that be, would be yesterday. And I just want to point out that we did our our FF fourteen versus DQ Ten episode like two weeks ago, and then Square Enix made this announcement. So coincidence?
1: Yeah. I, I think yeah, yeah I yes. think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's totally totally coincidence. It's a coincidence. But, but... <laughs> I'm I'm really excited about this because when we started playing Final Fantasy 14, I actually think if I remember right, like the DQ ten like event was going on when we started or just right after we started, like within weeks of us starting. And yeah. I didn't know how to do stuff like that. And it turns out there was a King Slime uh, hat that you could get, a King Slime crown. And I didn't know about it until recently when somebody on Twitter uh, had sent me a picture of it. So all this time, I've missed that and would have loved to have had it. I had the Thugs mug and, and the l- little golem pet already, but I'd missed this hat. So I'm so excited to be able to go back because I didn't know that it was available the first time I ever experienced this. So I am stoked for this to happen on thursday
0: yeah and i'm really excited uh, as well because you know like i said in one of the earlier episodes i had to create a new character for final fantasy 14 i lost all of that cool dq10 stuff that i had on my other character so i've really been hoping that they were going to do this one again so i'm really excited to get all that stuff again and i'm also excited because you only can play through it once so yeah. like if you've already done it you can't replay through it but since it's a new character i get to replay through the whole DQ10 story that's there. And so it's really interesting because now I've played DQ10 and so I want to see like just how much DQ10 stuff is really in it. If that makes sense yeah. because a lot of their a lot of their outside events that Final Fantasy 14 does with other games there's characters mm-hmm. or story beats and stuff from those games that are mentioned in these events. So I'm really uh, intrigued because I honestly don't remember because, like you said, this was when we first. It was like 2013, like the end of 2013. Yeah. So it's been a long time uh, since we played this, and so uh, I really I'm looking forward to going back and doing this event all over again. Uh, at now that I've played Dragon Quest 10
1: and I don't remember what level you have to be, but I know that most of their events are actually pretty low level. So if, uh, I'm going to look it up while we're talking here so that I can say it later. But, um, I know that like most people can participate in these. So even if you're not like a Final Fantasy player, but you want to get in and see the DQ10 stuff, you should be able to do it within the free trial area. Like if you're wanting to just experience this and have some DQ10 in English, you can uh, you could probably do that as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because the free trial is up to level 40. And the DQ10 thing, if it's not level one, it's probably like level 15, which doesn't take too long to get to level 15 in that game. So, yeah, you could totally, and the event goes on until the end of July. So, you could totally just create a Final Fantasy 14 account for free and play through the DQ10 stuff and actually see some, a little bit of DQ10 stuff in English. Yeah. To my knowledge, it's the only DQ10 stuff in English. That exists outside of just that little tidbit of stuff that's in
1: 11S. <laughs> and the uh, Dragon Quest of the Stars stuff. There is a little bit there. Uh, oh, is there? I never yeah, made it that play. I guess. Like, well, there. It's like it talks about uh, it talks about how there what the game is. There are little snippets and things like that. So it uh, it's it's there. It's just not full on on content. I gotcha. And the thugs mug I've looked up is le- an item level ten and requires level ten to to equip. So I'm gonna say that you have to be level ten to do this. I'm making an executive decision on that, and uh,
0: that's probably usually how that works.
1: <laughs> so you, so yeah, do it level one, and it's like, oh, I can't do anything. I can't wear my prizes, and uh, because that's what all your characters sound like. So <laughs> so start Final Fantasy fourteen and play Dragon Quest twelve. No. Play Dragon Quest Ten, and uh, we're on the Leviathan server on there if you want to hit up, hit us up at any point.
0: Yeah, uh, and the other thing we wanted to mention before we get into today's character discussion for Dragon Quest IV is we have another new patron. Uh, So we have a real nice thank you lined up for our newest Patreon patron, Brad
1: Anderson. Woo, Brad Anderson! Your last name is the same as Neo in The Matrix, so that means you are the chosen one. Thank you, chosen one. (laughs) Mr. Anderson.
0: (laughs) What? What? Are you doing doing quotes from uh, The Matrix now? I was, I was, yep. But Brad does have his own Dragon Quest blog, and I wanted to give him a quick shout-out and mention that everybody should go check this out. It's called playdragonquest.wordpress.com, and as usual, we'll link to that in our notes so people can just click that and go straight there. Uh, It's a great blog. I really like the stuff he's written so far, and just keep up the good work, Brad. So now let's dive straight into Dragon Quest IV uh, and all of their main characters, their companions, all that good stuff. We're roughly going in the order that you would meet them in the game. So the game opens up with the prologue where you actually meet the hero, aka the chosen, aka solo or Sophia, yep. aka whatever else you you decide to name your character.
1: What do you name your characters? Like do you go with the default names or do you uh name them something specific or that ch- or does it change every time you play through one?
0: Uh pretty much every dragon quest game i play that you name your character i have named them uh whatever the number is so like eight was eight nine was nine uh in four i legitimately cannot remember what i named my character in four um i know i know in three um The character is just named Erd because it won't let you name him Erdrick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when I played three, I just called him Erd, um, which was a mistake because I got tired of seeing people call my character Erd. I get that. (laughs) It's not, it's not not just a fun name, you know? Word
1: of warning, don't name your characters Erd.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I tend to just name them whatever the number is because I'm unoriginal and I don't like naming characters my own name like I know you do.
1: Yep. I name most of mine beige.
0: I've noticed from your screenshots, (laughs) (laughs) it's always beige.
1: I mean, people are talking to me. It's me doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I'm not making fun of you for it. I'm just saying, like, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's weird to me when I've, there's been a few times where I'm like, I'll name the character Austin. And then they call me Austin, and I'm just like, "That's not Austin." <laughs> <laughs> I felt that way. I started <laughs>
1: I started Link's Awakening this weekend, and for the remake, and I decided I wanted to play it again, but I named him Link this time because I didn't want it to talk to me because I'm like, "That's not me. That's Link." And yeah. uh, but I don't feel that way about the heroes because there's uh, there's so much silent protagonist stuff going on.
0: So the hero uh, you meet him in the prologue. You he's tr- he or she, depending on which gender you go with, is battling out with her friend eliza and basically you're prophesized to defeat sorrow like you're the chosen one overall i think that four has a pretty interesting hero in terms of just you know dq1's hero just kind of being like an avatar right and games like dragon quest 11 or 8 or 5 where the the hero has a little bit more personality I think 4 is somewhere in the middle, but closer to the more distinguished personality traits for me. They're probably my least favorite design from any of the mainline games in terms of, like, the design for heroes. I think 4 is probably my least favorite.
1: Even over 7 with the, like, Link hat? It still blows my mind.
0: I've said I I like 7s.
1: I know, but I figured you would like this one better.
0: No, I just... I don't know. I don't... Um, I absolutely hate the female design where it's yes. just like a one piece bathing suit.
1: I made the mistake of playing the uh Sophia in this one, and I found out very quickly that I got tired of the one piece bathing suit and I thought that you know I wanted to play her. I like her picture, I like her portrait and everything. Did not like the sprite that the game used
0: yeah i I was the same way. I also chose uh, the female for my I played through a four. Um, But the guy's really not that better. Like, you know, like he has the little like uh, headpiece and all that looks kind of like the Zenithian angel wings, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're supposed to be like dragon wings. I don't know. But, you know, the winged thing. Uh, He does have, or she, they do have the slime earrings, which I think is a really nice small detail to the hero in 4. Like, I do like the slime earrings that they have. But just generally as an overall design, they're just kind of meh for me like i i don't know like i would probably say they're my least favorite of any of the of the mainline heroes Hmm. Uh, just in terms of design not not story from a story perspective i like them a lot
1: yeah now, from the story, like I really do like it. Like there is a lot of continuity in how pretty much everything ties back to this hero, and uh, it's it's I like the design of this one. I really actually like the uh, the the dude design, but don't so much like uh, the the female one. It's just like. It, just the sprites more than anything. I like the fan art I see of them and everything, and I like the the headpiece. I like the wings. That's just something I tend to like as an aesthetic. So whenever I see wings on somebody's head like that, it's like I want to to play as that character. So it's I like I like them.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. Then chapter one starts. Chapter one begins, and you're Ragnar McRyan. You're a knight, and you have to solve a case. The case of the missing children, you are now Miss Marple. you you're are Miss Marple mystery novel <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the real takeaway from this whole chapter is that you're basically just like a knight. It's like if Agatha Christie wrote a really short fantasy novel
1: yeah, kind of it's it is very and it is very short compared to the others, uh which is both good and bad.
0: Yeah, I I like the chapter fine. I think it serves as a really good intro into the game. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of mechanics and kind of foreshadowing in that first trap chapter that I actually enjoy a whole lot, and I think it yeah. works very well for an opening chapter of a game like that. And it's it's pretty nice and short. It's just for me, Ragnar. I used Ragnar like all the time in my party once chapter five starts up because I really like warrior types. Yeah. but he's pretty met in terms of like personality. I mean he's he's Scottish. Mm. He's got he's got a really thick Scottish accent. He ha- he has a mustache that would make Teddy Roosevelt weep.
1: Yeah, his mustache is glorious.
0: But other than just being like a valiant knight with a mustache, like he doesn't really have much personality.
1: Yeah, I mean that's it. Like he that that, that is Ragnar. Like I like Ragnar and obviously I haven't played the Japanese version of Heroes 2. So it's it's like I don't know what they've done to him there, but uh, maybe they've added a lot more personality to him. But in this one, it's just like, yep, he's a knight. He does. He's, he's good. He is the, He's a paladin-type warrior guy. He he does things. You know, there's certain people where, like, they don't have a personality,
0: so they try to cover that up by having something quirky about them. <laughs> Ragnar is, like, his mustache. Like, that's his thing. Like, he doesn't have a personality, so he's like, oh, I'll grow a
1: mustache. <laughs> and you make fun of my—you make fun of my accents. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: it's not a good accent. I'm just saying, I think that's Ragnar's whole thing. Like, and- he doesn't want people to know that he's lame, so he grew <laughs> up this epic mustache. And it's like, everyone will think I'm cool now. And that way, when he <laughs>
1: walks into a room, you know, people are like, he walks into the pub. It's like, ah, Regnar, look at your stash. And it's like, that's that's what they do. And he doesn't actually have to have a conversation about anything interesting. It's just his facial hair.
0: Yeah. Thanks for went up in my Scottish accent, bro. <laughs> I, I, I,
1: I also want you to know, I was pointing at the Dragon Quest IV case on my on my shelf over there uh, for Ragnar. Like I was actually pointing at Ragnar when I did that. So (laughs) I'm awesome.
0: We can debate that later. (laughs) But (laughs) In this this first chapter, you also meet the very first of your companions. Right. Uh, It is Healy. He's a heel slime. And we did a poll on Twitter and Healy won by a pretty big portion in terms of favorite companion from DQ4. Right. And Healy is a very beloved uh, companion. Honestly, he makes chapter one a little bit more fun, um, beca- once again, because Ragnar has no real personality. So Healy is kind of there as like the fun, cutesy little sidekick. I got to admit, I'm a little sad. So Healy's big dream, you know, is that he wants to become a human. Right. And I, I get bummed out, even though it's like realizing his dream, like I get a little bummed out once he turns into a human. Why? And he's not in my party anymore.
1: Yeah, now that's the that's true. Like, I I did want him to be around. Like, I thought that this game... Like, okay, so I went in initially not knowing how the companion system in this game worked so i knew that in five you got to tame monsters and i know that in six that kind of carries over a little bit and Mm -hmm. so i was hoping that this would have like the foundations of that with these companions that you would get to choose from and so i was hoping that healy was going to be there through the rest of the game kind of like oh if i need to get a healer in here you know healy will be this npc healer and then as i go on and that wasn't the case he turned into a human and left me yeah and and i was like oh but but i I wanted my little slime buddy
0: yeah and the thing is is like when you meet ragnar and healy again healy's a person yep so he's he's so he's traveling with ragnar it's just you that he hates yeah he Healy Healy wants nothing to do with you
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's just something where it made me so sad because i liked him i like his puns i love slime puns y'all know this and so having somebody like that around like and he was actually pretty good at healing yeah. It was like he was one of those where I didn't actually have to worry about it as Ragnar. I was actually able to go just smash stuff without him having to worry about keeping all sorts of medicinal herbs and stuff. It was great. And then they take that away from me and I lose my friend. So then you had chapter two. Right. This is
0: where you meet Sarevna, uh, Elena. You also meet the dedicated Thwacker, uh, Kirill, who's yep. in love with Elena. And then you meet... The old tutor man who I dislike, Boria. Uh, you meet all of them in this section. So let's talk about Elena first. Uh, she's honestly probably my favorite character from Four. I know we asked people online like who their favorite character was. Yeah. And Tornico, Tornico won, but Elena was an extremely close second. And then everybody else just kind of. There was a few people liked, you know, Kirill or Ragnar. I think even had a vote. Nobody liked Boria. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said Boria, which kind of, I think, helps prove my point that he sucks. But Elena's probably my favorite character from 4, although a lot of the reason I really love Elena, I think, comes from kind of ancillary stuff, like the Heroes games and uh, just, like, various spinoffs, you know? Yeah. She kind of, her personality really gets to shine. And so, um, and kind of like we said last week, I think outside of, like, Chapter five and maybe chapter six, the little bonus chapter that's in the DS remake after the credits, Um, outside of maybe five and six when your whole party's kind of there, I think chapter two is my favorite as well. And I just, I like Elena a lot.
1: Yeah, I like Elena. Like she has one of my favorite models in the game. She hits like a truck, like it's great. Uh, My only real problem with Elena is a problem that I have with the entire game overall In that she is obviously a martial artist, that there are these characters who have, and I know we'll probably talk about this at a later point in uh, one of the deep dives, but that none of them get any of the signature class moves because that isn't really a thing yet. So I keep waiting on getting martial arts moves for her, and basically she just attacks the entire time. The same as Ragnar, not getting warrior moves or anything. And I'm just like, but I want like Hatchet Man and, uh, you know, I want like uh, Roundhouse Kick and things like that that and they never get them. I think yeah. like that's what kept Elena from like being super top tier in terms of like my favorite Dragon Quest characters overall because I liked her it was just that uh, as a playable character I think it was just gameplay systems that kept her from elevating to me because I'm so used to people like Jade being able to uh, go out and just, you know, destroy things.
0: Yeah. For me too it's like Elena's crit was like just so incredible in that game. Like I won't say, I don't know anybody, but I will say that most people I know who have played four, it seems like Elena is like the one constant that everybody seems to keep in their party. Right. Like, like I I haven't, I mean, I'm sure there are people who don't use Elena, but I haven't really seen people who don't use Elena in their parties, like at all, at least their first time playing through four. Right. I feel like Elena is a pretty common, like constant. If you're playing dragon quest four, um, and also, you know, we can't talk about Elena without Kirill because they're they're kind of a duo. And Kirill's probably my second favorite character. Like Elena, I guess I would just push just a little bit above him. But really, the one of the reasons I like Elena so much is because of her relationship with Kirill. I really love those two a lot. And I really... And it's when, you know, the party chat being taken out of the DS remake and things like that. Um, but I just... I love in like the other games especially and uh that just kind of like he's so he's super in love with elena right like he would do like anything for elena but she's a princess and he's just this priest and he's all like torn up about it and he has this like really like hang dog uh like attitude you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the whole time and yeah something about between elena's like tough as nails like outgoing personality and then Kirill's just kind of like hang dog always being like dragged along for the adventure like it's just it works really well and it really makes me love those two characters a lot
1: and i really i really like carol too outside of having to keep his tactics on focus on healing instead of fighting wisely it's like that uh that's just one of those uh, things that you have to deal with but i like carol like i i like i also like the the costume and model and everything for the priest so it just he just works for me
0: um, I guess we'll talk about Borea for a minute.
1: <laughs> he's, he's old, and he casts spells. I like his sprite.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, he his sprite looks pretty cool. Like, the character design for Borea is fine. It's just, like, I was trying to think, before we recorded this episode, I was trying to think up things that I really know about Borea, because I feel like I know lots of things about the other main characters in 4. And then I was thinking about Borea, and I'm like, yeah, he's old. He's, he's Elena's tutor. We do know that he he was friends with Elena's mom and he like works under Elena's dad, who's who's like the king. And so he tutors Elena because of he was friends with Elena's mom. But that's, like, that's like the only thing I can think of that I know about Borea is like that he, he's her tutor because he was buddies with Elena's mom. Like I can't really think of anything else about Borea like at all.
1: Like, I don't, I didn't even remember that to be honest. It wasn't something that that really stuck out to me. It was just that he cares about her and that he wants to protect her. And that's really it. Yeah. So, So, Borea, right? There
0: we go. Borea. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. It's like, and maybe this is from the missing party chat because I see people talk about. Him being, like, a about how
1: he's cranky. He's cranky. I got that he was cranky. Like, I got that he was crotchety. But, yeah, the missing party chat hurt me more than I ever thought that it would once I went to other DQ games after this. I didn't realize how much I actually relied on that versus yeah. thinking, like, eh, it's not a big thing. Oh, it is. Like, I, I'm glad I didn't play through the mobile version because I don't like the way it controls. But mm-hmm. I also missed that party chat a whole bunch.
0: I don't know. I don't. I think I just blocked Borea out of my mind when I was (laughs) playing. Maybe so. (laughs) Because I don't remember him being cranky or anything. Like, I just don't remember much of his personality at all. We'll go straight from not really much personality to a whole lot of personality. Uh, Tornico, Tornico Taloon, as he was called later on. Mm -hmm. Um, So he, he was originally called Taloon. Then he was called Tornico. And then after he made an appearance in DQ8, at least in the West. Uh, they made Taloon his surname. That way they didn't just completely throw Taloon out the window. Right. So he's Tornico Taloon after DQA appeared in the West. And I've heard that that was purely like a U.S. localization thing. Oh. They gave him the last name Taloon. And so I'm not sure uh, how that works in other countries uh but i do know it's different from japan apparently that was a thing the localization team did here in the states was uh give him taloon as a last name just as a callback to his original name being taloon in the older iterations so there's a fun fact about tornico <laughs> yeah,
1: i didn't know that i didn't actually realize his name was taloon originally but i uh i love tornico Like, I love his chapter. It may be that I had heard you complain about it initially. (laughs) And that I may have looked stuff up. Like, I really, truly don't remember at this point. But I didn't have any trouble saving up money. I had fun with it. I honestly don't think I hired any mercenaries to go with me that I remember. Maybe I did. Maybe I did, and I just don't remember them. Because I'm seeing them in our notes here. And I'm like, I don't know if I ever got those. Like, I, I just don't and i remember getting the cautery sword for tornico and basically he just owned things after that i really liked him and i loved i liked working the merchant thing i liked doing that so i really like the game moonlighter too it's kind of like an entire game of tornico mm-hmm. where you run your shop during the day you set it up to make profits and then you go into a dungeon at night and you get the stuff that you can sell in your shop during the next day like it's a really really cool game and it's pretty pixel art and everything and it's on switch if y'all haven't played it um it's on a lot of things but i've got it on switch and it's it's always on sale i really really like the uh, uh that kind of gameplay. So I know I've, I've seen people complain about Tornico in the past with his, his different kind of chapter, but I would honestly have liked it to be even longer and have different goals to work toward. Like I yeah, like that really, kind of game.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. See, cause I complain about it a lot and I feel like me complaining about Tornico's chapter is kind of like you complaining about the parade in 11.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I feel like
0: generally most people are like, what? That's the best. That's like the best chapter, but Okay, it is my least favorite chapter. I love Tornico. Like outside of Elena and Kiro, like Tornico's is definitely at the top of the list. Like I, I love the guy. He's right. very likable. You know, he's this pleasant, kind of lovable oaf. He's a family man. I like him. But the chapter itself is my least favorite part of the game. And I think part of that is I think I might have even mentioned it on here before, but I can't remember. Is that. I got the flu. Okay, like real, real bad <laughs> yes. when I was playing. When I was playing this, I remember. And they gave me uh, what is it, like Tamiflu or whatever. Uh-huh. And so I spent a day in bed on Tamiflu, playing through Tornico's chapter. I also hate math, and there's a lot of calculating, like numbers in this chapter because you're having to save up money for stuff. Right, and so between. The just, like, Tamiflu hallucinations and all of the math, it just made for a really bad combination.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you, and just so everybody knows this, I don't know any listeners who have not heard us talk about this on past episodes, you and cold medicine are nuts. Like, they are, Austin, on any kind of cold medicine, any kind, is absolutely nutso. Like, his personality changes to where it is hilarious. Like, we've had entire text conversations where he is on Benadryl and cold medicine at the same time while he's on a lawnmower outside. And they are surreal. No, no, no. It, was, it wasn't it was Benadryl and cold medicine. It was, I took Benadryl
0: because my allergies were bothering me, but I had to mow the yard. And so I drank an energy drink to keep me awake from the Benadryl. And so (laughs) I had Benadryl and an energy drink which means that I basically blacked out while mowing the grass and woke up three hours later, and I'm mysteriously playing Kingdom Hearts 2 <laughs> in the living room. i was like, how did I get here?
1: I don't know. And I thought um, that you had you were sick as well at the time, so it may have been just allergies I was thinking of, but I actually thought that you were sick at the time too, which is why I thought it was cold medicine. So yeah, it's uh, uh, you having Tamiflu and the flu and everything, yeah, Tornico's chapter would have been a nightmare. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And also, here's the other thing about Tornico's chapter, and part of this could have been the cold medicine as well, was that, uh, you know, where you, you you work in the store, right? And people come in and you buy and sell stuff and your boss makes you work. I did not know that you could just quit doing that whenever you please. right?
1: Oh, yeah. So
0: I sat there. Now, you know, this is Tamiflu. So, you know, sometimes like five minutes seems like three hours when you're on Tamiflu. But I seriously think I sat there for well over half an hour just playing through buying and selling weapons and just thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? Like, I don't why am I still selling weapons?
1: I might have discovered that by accident just like trying to wander around and do everything. Like I just tap buttons. I'm one of those people who it's like, when I get into a new game or new area, I press every button to see what they do. And so I was probably just moving around and talking or doing something. It's like, oh, you want to leave? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And so it's uh, probably something like that or else I may have done the same thing. It's been a while since I played the Tornico chapter.
0: Yeah. Laurel and Hardy uh, are two mercenaries that you can hire. Uh, during well i guess hardy's technically a mercenary laurel is officially a bard mm-hmm. i think but they're basically people you you hire uh laurel and hardy yep. uh like the comedic duo they neither one of these wear bowler hats and i was a little sad about which that. is weird if you're gonna have yeah. characters named laurel and hardy like why not put them in bowler hats you know
1: i guess because i guess it's just an art asset thing where they're not major characters <laughs> and when you're trying to make a, a ds remake you uh have to make you have to make choices
0: They're also probably not called Laurel and Hardy in Japan. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe,
1: but I kind of doubt
0: it. Like, that'd be a pretty obscure reference, I feel like, for a Japanese game to have a duo called Laurel and Hardy. (laughs) And it's like, hey, remember that comedic duo in the early
1: 1900s? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that may not be culturally appropriate.
0: Yeah. Like, even, even, I feel like even a good... Percentage of Americans probably don't get the Laurel and Hardy yeah. uh, reference, especially like after a certain age. You know.
1: Yeah, it's and and we're we're pop culture nerds, so other people who may not have grown up with that kind of thing too probably won't get it, but it's funny. Well, also
0: I love Christmas and Laurel and Hardy, uh, Babes in Toyland. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Anyway, uh, Laurel Hardy. Laurel's a bard. You can hire him, but he's going to charge you 600 gold. Hardy is a little cheaper, 400 gold. Uh, I I think it's good for like five days, I believe. Right. Uh, If memory serves, it's five days uh, that you can hire them to do this. Uh, For me, in the Tornico chapter, since it's all about saving up money and stuff, I never hired them because I was like, eh, I'll I'll just save up the money myself and get finished with this chapter faster yeah. rather than hiring these guys. And maybe it would have been more beneficial to hire these guys and kill things even faster. I don't Could know. have been. But but I didn't feel like, I don't know. I did not hire these guys, so I can't speak necessarily to their prowess in battle very much.
1: Like I didn't either, so I honestly can't remember them at all.
0: I do want to mention, one thing I do appreciate about Laurel is that he's a terrible bard. Like, he's not good. Like he's always trying to rhyme, but then he can't do it like half the time. Yeah, which I thought was really funny, and it reminds me, you know, jo- uh, John Ralphio <laughs> in Parks and Rec when yes. he's trying to rap,
1: <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and he can never end on the rhyme, and and Tom is like, you got to end on the rhyme, man, and he
1: tries and just can't do it, like yeah, yeah, it, it's true,
0: yeah, that's kind of how that's what Laurel made me think of was John Ralphio <laughs> Parks and Rec,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so. We have a few more chapters to get through, some characters, more companions to talk about. Really quickly, though, it's that time of the show that we like to call shameless self promotion.
1: Shame, 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 shame,
0: shameless. Uh, so we have a Patreon page, and I'll let BJ tell you guys about that this week.
1: So we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. You can go there and grab stickers. You can get multiple discord roles. You can become the luminary of legend if you want. And we have new tiers where you can tell us what we talk about on here and you can do it multiple times. So go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. And since it's shameless self-promotion, I also
0: want to mention my Dragon Quest book is out. Yay! It went up for her orders on like Amazon and that's Amazon, like Canada, UK, Japan, all the Amazons on Tuesday. And it should be other places by now. Cause this is Friday. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to write. It has lots of cool stuff. It has some uh, just like personal essays and reflections from not just me, uh, but people like BJ here,
1: um, mm-hmm. from
0: Platy, the co-host of Slime Time, uh, Woodus, the founder of Dragon's Den, Jorge from Dragon Quest Spain, uh, has some youtubers like Sack Chief, Geekdom 101, Ryan Molina, noaria lots of people that we've just talked about uh, on DQFM uh, over the last year or so. That's not even all. I mean, it's got lots of people in it, uh, including uh, people who you know submitted stories to share with me you know about dragon quest it's all about just loving the series and loving the fandom the fans i mean it was a lot of fun and i hope people really enjoy it so uh, i'm gonna link to that in the notes today too and if you want to check it out then please check it out i think it's good
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it is called the dragon quest book and you can find it on amazon there is a brief preview on there so that you can get an idea of what the introduction is. And so you should definitely go check it out. And uh, yeah, it's it, the dragon quest book by Austin King. Yeah. So uh, ask for it at your local libraries,
0: at your favorite bookstores, just pretty much anywhere you go, that there's books, just ask people for it so that dragon quest will get in there. <laughs> yep.
1: Absolutely. So
0: back to dragon quest four chapter four, in Dragon Quest Four, uh, Mina and Maya. Mm. So Mina, I'll talk about her first. She she is a great healer, and I used her a lot. Uh, but I ended up putting Kirill in my party because I liked Kiril better as a character. Right. Um, even though, in a lot of ways, Mina might even be the better healer. Um, I just it's one of those instances, kind of like you were talking about with Sylvando in our DQ11 episodes. Right. That like I liked the character so much that I kept them in my party even though they may have not been the best option. Yeah. And that's kind of how Kirill was for me. I liked that character more than Mina. So somewhere in chapter five, along the way, I put Kirill in my party instead of Mina and just, used him the rest of the time
1: and i used mina and maya some i obviously used them during their chapter and i used them some because i i don't know if in chapter five that when you are collecting everybody if there's a particular order you and actually everyone collects them in or if i just happened to get mina and maya first whenever i was going around as the hero uh, but i use them both that way I used Maya at well, I guess Mina is the healer. Uh I used Mina a lot and then when I got Kirill, I basically kicked her out because Carol got, I think, Zing uh a, mm-hmm. a couple of levels earlier than she did. And I was like, Yeah, I'm there's so much grinding in this one that yeah. uh I was like, I'm gonna I need the res more than I need like having the slightly better like offensive spells. Uh so I ended up just going with Kirill too.
0: Yeah, and for Maya, I hardly ever use that the mage in Dragon Quest games because they're usually weak. Even if their spells are powerful, they're usually weak. They take a lot of damage. They get hit hard, and I have to worry about MP a lot, and I don't like having to worry about MP on mm. my characters very much. Mm. And so mages in Dragon Quest games hardly ever make the cut um, if they don't also know heals and stuff, like a sage. So Maya didn't use very much at all outside of chapter four and then you know that very early early parts of chapter five uh i never really used maya much at all
1: and maya i don't remember after that initial part yeah i don't think i ever really put her in and i know that there were like you could use with one of them and i don't remember which one you could use tarot cards as Mm -hmm. a weapon and or equip them and then you would have a tarot option of doing random things in battle and i never once did it yeah, I, I don't never... even know what it did. I know I read about how sometimes it could be fun and really, really useful, and yeah. I never used them in my party enough to even experiment with it.
0: Yeah, I don't think I did either. I, that doesn't sound like something I did. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, you get silver tarot cards very early on with them. And yeah. I didn't know what to do with them at that point. And then by the time I was reading the was it Brady Games Guide or Prima Guide at that point? Uh, uh, Brady Games
0: did the DS guide.
1: Okay, yeah. So I was reading that one and when it said something about the tarot cards and them, I was just like, eh, I'm not good, I don't care enough. And just didn't didn't do it. Yeah. Huh. I
0: I gotcha. I don't think I even knew that. <laughs> yeah. Uh Maya though, I did want to mention Yuji Hori has said in interviews that Maya is his favorite character
1: in all of them or just four from four. Okay. Sorry.
0: From four, at least Maya is his favorite character, uh, which brings me to a good, to the, the next point I have to make here is are Mina and Maya twins. Okay. <laughs> now this seems like it wouldn't be too much of an issue, right? Right. It seems like it would be very obvious either. Yes, they are or no, they are not. But I've been kind of curious about this because I had read that they're not even though when I first uh, like encountered them, I kind of thought they were twins because the game itself doesn't really ever mention it. Right. They look alike though. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, okay cool, they're twins. Yeah. And didn't really think anything about it. But if you go by like the official like uh, manga novelizations and everything, yeah. then one is 20 and one is 18. I think oh. Mina is the older of the two. Huh. So because of that, There's things like the Japanese wiki, uh, which, you know, the Japanese wiki is huge (laughs) for Dragon Quest. Right. Because it's Dragon Quest and it's Japan. But according to that, it has, you know, that the sisters are not twins. Uh, And the English wikis are the same, say the same thing, because I think a lot of the English wikis, they do a lot of translating from the Japanese wikis. Right. And bring it over into English. Uh, Say they aren't. So if you're going purely by like the manga, and the wikis, they aren't. But, but I did want to mention when Yuji Hori said that Maya was his favorite character, and I'm going to link to this. This was in an interview with uh, RPG Gamer. Right on this, he calls them twins. Oh. He says they're twins. Uh The direct quote: uh, He's talking about Maya being his favorite character, and he says, "While the idea of twins, when serious and when bad, might be a little cliche, I think we handled it pretty well in the game." Mm. So. Maybe that's a translation error. Maybe not. But, and it's also like, where do you draw the line between like creator and canon? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I know that's a big contention among fandom, like Star Wars fandom, for instance. Yeah. Like, do you take George Lucas, Yuji Horii at their word here, or do you base it off of like the canon that you have? Right. So, there's that to consider. But I also noticed in the Brady games guide that you were talking about earlier, yeah. that Mina and Maya are referred to as twins like a bajillion times. So the strategy guide in mm-hmm. English for Dragon Quest four refers to them as twins. Yep. So I got to think, so I got to thinking because I'm a dork. Yeah, of course. I was like, I was like, I wonder where does this end? <laughs> right. <laughs> where does it begin? And where does it end? So I checked out my DSL, my DS manual right. for the game. And it just calls them sisters. The English DS version, it calls them sisters. It doesn't say anything about twins. It also doesn't say anything about one being older and younger. It just calls them sisters, flat out. I looked at the, so I have the Famicom version of this game, right? And it's complete, box, manual, all of that. So last night, uh, before we recorded, I knew we'd be recording this today. So last night, I got the Famicom manual out. Oh, man. And translated it using Google Translate, which I I realize is an imperfect system, but it's what I have. (laughs) And so I translated it with that and it doesn't mention anything about them being twins either. Much like the DS manual, it just says they're sisters. It doesn't say anything about one being older and one being younger. It just says sisters. Um, So TLDR, you just blocked out me rambling here for a minute. (sighs) Maybe they're twins and maybe they're not.
1: Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's one of those weird things about Dragon Quest that I always want to say, like whichever is... Whatever they put out is the canon. Like, I am absolutely one of those people. Like, there is an official translation of this. Like, that's what this is. Like, uh, it's not a fan translation. Whatever it is, if there is a difference in English and Japanese uh, that's been made for, like, cultural differences, that uh, they can both exist simultaneously because it's official. That's a choice that they made purposefully, and that's how translation works. Um, But when you're getting actual... Differences in the official stuff, like the creator says they're twins, but the uh, manga says that they're not. It's very confusing. So maybe they're they are yeah. they're sisters at the very
0: least. You also have to consider like alternate timelines with the manga and everything. Right. So it's just like it's all sorts of confusing. I guess if we're putting weights on a scale here, one weight towards older and younger would be the manga, and then if you're putting the weights on the scale for that they're can- canonically twins, you would have the Brady games guide and Yuji Hori interview. And then for they're just sisters, not twins or not older, who knows, then you would put like two or three just dead center. So right. basically at this point, by the knowledge we have, there'd be a little bit more weight, I guess, toward the twin side of things. Right. And I mean, my whole thing is like, they look just alike. Does it really matter? No, I guess not really. But I just, I don't know, I found all that interesting that there is a, there is nothing definitive 100% that says, yes, they're twins, right. no, they aren't twins. In just looking inside the game itself. Which is weird. At least.
1: Yeah, I mean, odd.
0: Yeah, yeah unless, there, unless there's something in party chat in the mobile version of the game, which you and I have not played. So anybody who has played the mobile version in party chat, if they have seen anything, where it says they're twins or that I think it's Mina is older. Maybe it's Maya, but one of them is older. Uh, then let us know because I'm generally genuinely intrigued by this. <laughs> I see. Let's leave the maybe, maybe not twins for a second and talk about, Ooh jam.
1: ooh, jam,
0: ooh, jam, things are going nope. to mm-hmm.
1: You just lost all ooh, our listeners. Ooh,
0: jam, things it's are going to get <laughs> Ooh, jam. Sorry, that's like the first thing that popped in my head just now. Huh. So he joins Mina and Maya. He helped out. He was an assistant to uh, Mahabala, I guess is how you pronounce their brother's right. name. He was an assistant to them. You know, their dad's dead now. He's been murdered. So he's helping out the sisters. I thought he was a very useful companion. Uh, when he is in your party in chapter four. Yeah. Especially since he can unlock doors. Yes. I mean, that's a super uh, handy ability to have.
1: <laughs> I was very sad when he left my party that uh, I really liked him. He hit like a truck and he uh, unlocked different doors. And so he was wonderful.
0: He hit like a truck, truck, truck. Ujam like what?
1: What? What? You are just on a, on <laughs> a, on a roll. roll. Yeah.
0: So Ujam, yeah. Uh, Open those locked doors. So just to talk about a few more companions, because at this point, uh, we're getting into chapter five. So you're gathering up your characters again and all that. But you do run into a, a, a few more companions that join your party. Some longer than others. Yeah. Uh, Hank Hoffman Jr., which so Hank Hoffman Jr.
1: <laughs>
0: it, he's great something about his name just like it feels so out of place with like everything else in it hank hoffman jr like i don't know if that's a pun that i just don't get if it's a reference to something that has to do with like horses and wagons that i don't understand or why his name is hank hoffman jr if it's just a name if they were just trying to pick like kind of a cowboy sounding name so they went with hank hoffman jr but i really like his name a lot um and of course i like that he gives you your horse and wagon i mean that's that's Those it. are nice things that he that he gives you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I loved his name. I have no idea if it's a reference to anything and I'm so glad that the wagon is a part of this game that I didn't know that going in. So when I got it, it made me really happy. I don't know why I really love just wandering around the world with the wagon and the people around it instead of just a normal line. But yeah. uh I didn't care about his town though. Doing the side game with Hank Hoffman Jr.'s town, I mm-hmm. uh I I didn't do any of it yet. So I barely did any
0: of it, but I don't know if you remember this. You probably don't because you remember nothing. It's true. But when I was playing this last year, uh, my character that I created, I named him Beach and <laughs> you select hobbies and stuff. I said his hobbies were like running and talking or something like that. Do you remember <laughs> that?
1: I vaguely remember it. Yeah. And then like you send them out into the world to recruit people for your town by like street pass or something
0: uh what well it's like t- i think it's something different when it's the ds just the sh- regular ds oh
1: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: um but yeah like tag mode or whatever but yeah and i had his greeting be something kind of dorky uh, <laughs> you would say like howdy do diddly or whatever it's it true. was i would um and yeah uh so you were basically my npc slave
1: for this time <laughs> i uh i don't know how to take that at this point <laughs>
0: So Hank Kaufman Jr. Yeah. Then you have Orophila. Right. uh, Orophila. I don't know how you say her name. There's too many vowels in it. Uh, She's a Zenithian, which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And before I say anything else about her, I assume you love her because you love angel people in JRPGs.
1: I do love angel people in JRPGs. Um, I, I don't remember her in combat, though. That's the thing. I remember her character, but I really don't remember her in combat. Like she's there as you like climb Yggdrasil, right? Yeah, you get her inside each other, maybe. Do you? Like, I remember her and everything. I just played this recently, so this is how how uh, much she stood out. Like, I don't remember her enough to like even talk about her. Like, I just remember her being an angel person and then getting up to Zenithia that she's there.
0: I honestly don't remember much about her either, other than she's like a Zenithian. I think she helps you get your sword, right? The Zenithian sword. Yeah. I remember her mostly because that uh, she's the one that has Sparky, the little yes. yellow dragon, who's another companion that I know we're going to talk about. Right. So, like, I kind of remember her for those reasons. If I remember correctly, I feel like she was really weak. Like, I, I can't remember if it was maybe her HP was like super low compared to everybody else at that point in the story, or what it was. But uh, I just I, I feel like she was really weak. And maybe it wasn't the attacks. Maybe it was just her help. She had, like, no help.
1: And, like, I don't remember her being weak. I remember her now, as we're talking about I remember her tossing heels a lot and uh, things like that. But as I'm climbing up to Zenithia, the pillars to the Zenithia or something like that, stairway to Zenithia, and, like, I don't remember a whole lot else. Like, I remember she left your party, and I was like, oh, but okay. Maybe she's not weak.
0: Maybe she's just squishy. Maybe it was just the health, and that's why I remember her.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, she
0: does heal your party a lot. And... Thanks to her, you can get Sparky. Uh, Sparky is this cute little yellow baby dragon. And he is awesome, but you get him so late in the game that I never really used him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I used him a bunch because he's a dragon. Like, I didn't swap him out or anything because I was like, he's a baby dragon. While it probably was not the most useful character I could have had as long as I could have him in my party I did because I really like breath attacks in uh, games like this like uh-huh. I even in seven I've got rough being a monster masher because of the uh, ridiculously powerful uh, breath attacks that you get just for grinding through normal uh, trash mobs so yeah. it's uh, like I really liked him for the same reason he breathed a lot of uh, ice and lightning and fire on people and he's a dragon
0: And Sparky, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was so late in the game, and I already had such a good, like, I was used to my party at that point. Right. I was used to using, you know, the main four characters that I was using, uh, which were the Hero, Ragnar, Kiro, and Elena. I was used to using them all the time, and... I wasn't having trouble with the game, like I was. I was getting through the bosses and the enemies and everything at that point. So it's kind of just like if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Right. So I was like, I'm not going to put Sparky in here. Like this is cool, but it it happens so late. And then he does leave your party uh, in chapter six. So if you beat the game, if you beat the game and you don't go past the credits, then he's just always in your party, I guess. Yep. Uh, But in chapter six, uh, once you revive Rose and do all that stuff, he goes back home uh to uh Orophilia, or a or however you say her name he, she he goes back to her
1: and i and i understand i mean he's a dragon who lives in basically heaven with uh, the zenith dragon who is basically the dragon god so i'm like i'd leave us too
0: yeah and, mm-hmm. and it all goes back to uh you know he leaves and all that because you're gonna get sorrow in your party mm-hmm. uh, as a playable character but we're we're saving sorrow, like we fully understand that he's a playable character in the remake, and we're going to be talking about him a lot. But next week we're doing villains and monsters, so we're talking all about sorrow next week. Yep. Uh, the the one companion we haven't really mentioned at all yet is Tom Foolery.
1: <laughs> I love his name.
0: Which is more of a traditional Dragon Quest name, right? Right. I mean, most of the time with Dragon Quest, it's either like a high fantasy name or like a pun name. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So Tom Foolery. You meet him. It's in the Mina and Maya chapter, right? When mm-hmm. you're in like a uh, laissez fair so. and everything, yeah. And he's like a stand-up comedian. He does join you in chapter five for like two, all of two seconds. Yeah, it is he's, so he's short. Party very briefly, but he's kind of that like wise fool archetype. Yep. Uh, you know, like kind of like Silvando is in eleven, where he looks like this, uh, like kind of Joker uh-huh. uh, character, but he's actually wise and insightful. Insightful, I guess.
1: And I. I had to look up where I needed to go at this point because I'd forgotten about him. Like I had even talked to him like during this most recent like chunk of finishing the game and he was so just he was a stand up comedian in laissez faire and it's like okay as just an NPC named Tom Foolery, he never even crossed my mind when they said that I needed to get somebody to make people laugh or who was good at making people laugh or whatever. I was like, what uh-huh. in the world are they talking about? And I had to look it up in the strategy guide to uh, mm-hmm. to see, which I actually really like. like. This is one strategy guide that I, I legit used because it was mm-hmm. easy to follow, and I liked it better than using the online walkthroughs whenever I was stuck. So I did not use
0: the Brady Games strategy guide that we've talked about a lot. Uh, I did not have it when I played this game. I bought it afterwards because I like to collect the strategy guides for games I love. Um, So I I bought it after the fact. I know I had to look stuff up some of the time for playing these games because, I mean, you know, a lot of older games you always have to. I know I had to look up some stuff, but I don't remember that in particular or anything. And maybe I did, but I need to actually look through the guide because, I mean, I have it. And it's one of those things that like with a lot of strategy guides where I flip through and look at like pretty pictures and then I put it on the shelf. I need to look at it and, yeah, because it's, it's you, you really built it up.
1: <laughs> like It's really useful. Like I really did yeah. get a lot out of it. Like I, uh, I just kept it right beside me whenever I was playing, just had it on the Ottoman where I sit and generally play uh, the DS. And uh, whenever I ran into some issue, it just, it was there and I didn't have to bother searching on my phone and scrolling through different walkthroughs or like we've talked about uh, with video walkthroughs of having to find exactly where it is in the path it was just like yeah you do this you do this you do this and there are pictures right there and so like cool thanks thanks guy yeah and uh i I zoomed back to laissez fair got him and immediately lost him it was like okay (laughs) hey well yeah there you go (laughs) so that about does it for our episode
0: on characters and companions for this week remember if you want to talk to us on twitter you can at dragon quest fm you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash dragon quest fm you can find us on Patreon at patreoncom dragonquestfm. If you want to talk to me individually on Twitter, you can. I am at DragonQuastin, and you can keep up to date with other cool Dragon Quest stuff uh, that I'm doing or talking about by checking out my Dragon Quest blog at DragonQuestAustin.com.
1: And don't forget to buy Austin's Dragon Quest book called The Dragon Quest Book if you want even Woo-hoo. more Dragon Quest content from Austin. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as at Professor Beej. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, uh, the geek to geek podcast on Spotify or find it at geek2geekcast.com. Uh, and you can also check out all of the other content on our network with video game reviews, streams, blogs, and all other kinds of cool stuff, uh, as well as our Discord and Slack invites at geek2geekmedia.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yep. Bye,
0: y'all.